All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. It is a Stanley Cup high in the Mile High State. Why not? Mike McKenna, Tyler Yurumchuk with you for a June 27th edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. And Mike, boy, that was that was a really good ending to what was just a tremendous playoffs across the board in the NHL. I was happy to see it be a two to one game and something that had some drama up until the very end and a deserving winner in the Colorado uh, Avalanche. Like when you look at how they played over the whole course of the season, not just playoffs, Tyler. I think the right team came out on top and it's always fun to see the cup presented because, but the problem is now like, what do we do with ourselves, man? Like, <laughs> what are you going to do later today? Do you know what I, I, I don't need, I don't know what to do, man. There's no hockey to watch now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's time to fill up your calendar with summer activities. I suppose just quickly before we really dig into things, I, you know, everyone loves a good underdog story, but you mentioned a deserving champion. There's something I love about seeing great players get their due. There's no conversation, in my opinion, that's more nauseating than, you know, like we did with Alex Ovechkin for so many years. Like, oh, he's great, but he doesn't have a ring. He doesn't have a ring. And people do the Mm -hmm. ring counting thing. And for me, seeing McKinnon and now even McCarr and guys like that get their ring, get their title. As a hockey fan, I really enjoy seeing great players and great teams sort of get their due. Yeah, man. Like it's uh, you, you think about somebody like Landis Gog or Eric Johnson, like you just you grind for so long at Cogliano. You can go all down the list of people on that avalanche team. Yeah. It's special, you know, and it does. It almost validates a career. And if you're like me, like who never won one, who came close a couple of times to get a championship, like without question, I'll tell you, Tyler, that's what's missing for my career. Never won a championship. These guys don't have to worry about in Colorado any longer. 
it really was great to see all the reactions after the game. We're going to get into a bunch of that. So let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock. And before we look back at last night, let's look back to a moment that came last season when the Colorado Avalanche were eliminated from the playoffs by the Vegas Golden Knights. And this was Nathan McKinnon after that game. For sure. I mean, there's always next year. It's all you talk about. I feel like, I mean, I'm going in my ninth year next year and I haven't won shit. So I'm just definitely motivated and I'm just, yeah, it just sucks, you know, losing four in a row to a team. And, um, you know, it felt like last year was our first real chance to win. And this year we had, I mean, we're, I thought we were the best team in the league. We, for whatever reason, we just couldn't, couldn't get it together. And I'm sure in training camp next year, we'll figure it out and dissect things and come back better. We'll take two more here for Nathan. Adrian. I know we don't swear on this show, but it's appropriate to say Nathan McKinnon has one shit now. Um, he got to raise the Stanley Cup last <laughs> night. And what a game six for Nate Mack as well. He got a goal. He got an assist. He was in on both those avalanche goals. Seven shots on net as well. There was a moment in that game where I thought, you know, if McKinnon gets one more, is he going to maybe do something here to make the con Smythe vote interesting? And we'll get into that in just a second. But let's start with the big gun for the abs, Mike. Nathan McKinnon gets his ring. And I mean, he was full marks in that clinching game. Their star came through for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially early in the first period, you could see the level of energy and desire that was there for McKinnon. And that wasn't something that really wavered throughout all the playoffs. And what I was impressed in me was how hard Tampa played against him. You know, Stamkos, huge hit on McKinnon. Like they, they were, the Lightning were targeting him from a physical standpoint, and he was able to battle through. And even, you know, being on the ice for the first Lightning goal that Stamkos scored, the only Lightning goal, you know, sometimes that can bring a person down and it seemed to motivate McKinnon. And, and Tyler, the takeaway for me was the interview that he gave between the second and third periods uh, that we saw on television here in the US. I, I've never seen somebody who seemed like, so focused as McKinnon. Like he was absolutely straight faced. It was almost like he couldn't give the interview because he was right on the precipice of winning that Stanley Cup. And having that in the back of your head, man, what those past years have done to you, we've seen this with teams. You have to learn how to lose before you win. Ultimately, the last couple of years were something that not just fueled McKinnon, but what gave that entire yeah. team the knowledge of what it takes to get over the hump and get this victory and win a Stanley Cup championship. You mentioned an interview he gave on TV in the U.S. up here in Canada after the game. He gave an interview with Sportsnet's Kyle Bukaskis and Bukaskis asked him about how, you know, he's been to two Stanley Cup parties in Cole Harbor, his hometown with Sidney Crosby. And McKinnon's response was, I was the drunkest guy at the party for both of his. <laughs> Sid better be drunk at my party as well. So McKinnon finally gets bring the couple. You mentioned the lessons they learned, though, and that ties back to, again, the heartbreaking clip of McKinnon from last year. Like this team, this core of players. It's cliche, but they learned their lessons. And then you take all of that and you look at the third period of last game and how they Mm -hmm. locked it down. Tampa Bay basically didn't get a shot for 10 minutes of that period to start. You know, we hear all these all this about the high powered offense. That's what carried them. But at the end of the day, defense wins championships. And that's what they needed to rely on late in that hockey game, Mike. And they defended with their speed. You look at the defensive core of that team. And and by the way, these players are locked up into the future. I mean, you're looking at Kale McCarr, Eric Johnson, Sam Girard, Devon Tays, Bowen Byram. They're all under contract next year. Now, we can talk about Girard's contract probably in a little bit of what may happen there. But these guys can all skate. And it's not just the decor. It's the forwards as well. They didn't give Tampa any space. And to me, Tampa just 
ran out of gas. They were too injured. They weren't able to keep up with what Colorado was doing because probably 45 minutes of that game, Tyler, I'd say Colorado dominated five on five. You know, Tampa pushed in the beginning. It got a little bit going in the second, but by that third period, like there's nothing. And Tampa didn't get any shots from the low area of the slot. That was all to Colorado's credit and how they were able to defend. Pretty impressive game. And I tell you what, I love Nazem Kadri's interview too. When he told the world they can just, they can kiss it, man. Like, <laughs> you think I'm a, li- a liability in playoffs? Here I am. He couldn't even tie his skates. He had a trainer tying his skates to be able to play. Nazem Kadri did really amazing stuff from Colorado. That is really one of those all time Stanley Cup folklore kind of moments where Nazem Kadri would have sat there having a trainer tie his skates, doesn't have enough in his hands to grip the laces, but he has enough in him to go score a massive OT winner for this hockey team. And a big reason why, as you can see, they're hoisting the Stanley Cup here last night. Um, Another thing quickly, uh, Joe Sackick building a winner. And you talk Mm -hmm. about what this core group has gone through. There is the core that is the Makars, right? And those new guys that they added, the complimentary pieces, someone like Devon Taves, unreal. But then there's this picture of the five remaining players of this Avalanche team who were around for the season where they only had 48 points. And you think about all Mm -hmm. the question marks that would have been around about this Avs team, you know, is McKinnon going to be the guy? Is he a true superstar? Landeskog, was he given maybe too much with the captaincy at such an early age? Is Eric Johnson past his prime? Miko Rannan was still young in the league there and how Joe Sackick believed in this core of players and let them continue to grow and complimented them so well. I mean, I just love this photo of five guys that would have been through so much heartbreak together, finally getting their moment. They did. You you took care of that very well, Tyler, because these players have been through the bottom and earned their way to get to the top and continue to improve. And even mentioning Joe Sackick, let's not forget about the work that he and Chris McFarland, assistant GM, also Craig Billington, another member of the staff there have done building out the team to get better as the season went along. No doubt about it. Arturi Lekkonen, Josh Manson, Cogliano, these guys played a huge role in Colorado being able to win. It just shows the level that you have to get to and be able to to continue on that track to win a Stanley Cup. But these core players for the Avalanche, by by all means, man, you could see it when they were passing the cup around last night, the excitement and just how fulfilled they were. They'd worked their whole lives for this and they'd really had to go through tough times to get it. It also takes a little bit of luck to build a Stanley Cup winner. You know, you rob the New York Islanders blind of a player like Devon Taves. And mm-hmm. some years, you know, when you come last, you're not always going to win the lottery. But what a lucky break that was for the Avs that they didn't win the lottery. Imagine if the Kale McCarr year, if they win that lottery, like they would have loved to, right? In the moment, they're sitting there going, let us pick first. They probably go with Nolan Patrick, Nico Heischer, one of the two. Kale McCarr, they fall down all the way to fourth and get this generational defenseman who is now not just a Conn Smythe winner, but the first unanimous Conn Smythe trophy winner. What a postseason from Kale McCarr. 29 points, finishes third in the NHL postseason in scoring. Eight goals, 21 assists. The thing that's most impressive for me is how he's not your conventional defenseman. In the Mm -hmm. dying seconds of that game, they are up by one. The puck goes into Tampa Bay's end. Kale McCarr is on the lightning goal line, keeping the puck hemmed in right on there with Victor Hedman, your defenseman, your number one D-man, who you think, all right, he's out there to protect our one goal lead. There's dying seconds. You're moments away from a Stanley Cup. You'd think most defensemen would go, I'm playing it safe, sitting back, no odd man rushes. Kale McCarr is on the other team's goal line with his speed. 
He's just so special. Uh, I think only the third defenseman now to win the Norris and the Conn Smythe in the same season. Just a remarkable run from number eight. How long is it until he wins a Hart Trophy as the best player in the league? Because I could see it happening. He might be the best player in the league. And he's 23 years old. Like, we're just kind of getting into prime time here for Kale McCarr. And I think the defining moment for me in this postseason, Tyler, was when McCarr's skating backwards at the same speed as McDavid, pivots, puts his stick on him, puts him into the corner in that series against Edmonton. And I think that really caught people's attention because it, it was – Something that you could put tangible evidence to and how he defends, not just how he plays with the puck and how he can use his speed as an asset. I mean, a five five point game in game four against Edmonton, another stamp. He had seven points in the finals against the Lightning. I just think that this this is such a special player with McCarr and 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 a special job of Colorado realizing what they had and being able to make some decisions in keeping him and being able to get his contract. Because remember, you know, they had Tyson Berry and that was a big decision. Well, where are we going to lose? We're going to lose all our power play right-handed shot defenseman here. If we let go of Barry. they knew that they had Kale McCarr coming and they trusted that player and look what it's turned into. And it's worked out from a salary cap standpoint. And we're going to see Kale McCarr there for a long time, Tyler. And I can't predict what this guy's going to do, man. I'm just glad I don't have to face it anymore. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild that we're we got to watch, you know, one a player who I believe will go down as one of the best defensemen in NHL history really grow into that number one defenseman in the world role over the course of the last few months here. An incredible run from Kale McCarr. And yeah, you you often think conventionally a small, speedy, puck moving defenseman, your mind automatically jumps to, well, he's barely a defenseman, probably a liability in his own end. But McCarr is transcending that position because you know what? And this isn't even to say that he's not good positionally in his own end. He's great. He is a wildly smart hockey player. But when you skate that well, you pass that well, and you're that smart, you barely have to spend any time in your own end. Like how often, you know, you mentioned the McDavid play. How many great defensive plays from McCarr do you remember? Because he's rarely in his own end. It's just snap, boom, out of his end, going back the other way. And I think he's changing the way we look at that position, Mike. There was one quote, one money quote from last night where Gabriel Landeskog was asked... How do you get your team to this level? Something to that effect. And he goes, get yourself a Kale McCarr. So <laughs> I, I don't think there's any other way to put it, man. <laughs> Guy's generational. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just quickly, one other moment that stands out for me before we wrap up. How great was it? The 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 shot of McKinnon pushing Landeskog to the bench when he lost his oh, skate blade there yeah. in the final minutes. <laughs> and then up here in Canada, right after they played that on the TV, they played the clip of him pushing Landeskog to go accept the Stanley Cup from Bill Daly as well. Just again, there were so many good moments last night. Like as a hockey fan who had no horse in the race, I was just kicking back with my feet up, enjoying just the celebration and all these great, great moments that we'll remember for a really long time, Mike. Yeah, you know, we found out which foot was Landeskog's dominant. He was pushing with his left foot and left skate, even though it didn't have a blade in it, trying to get off the ice. That was hilarious. Um, but yeah, pretty pretty awesome, man. Seeing the cup awarded is always a highlight. I just wish it had been in Colorado. I was rooting for a game seven yeah. in Colorado. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Uh, well, let's flip to the other side here. When there's a Stanley Cup winner, there's a Stanley Cup loser. And the Tampa Bay Lightning, while they've made three Stanley Cup finals now, their run of consecutive cup wins has come to an end. And yes, our technical producer, Alex Allard, with a little tongue-in-cheek here. Are the Lightning heading towards a rebuild? And obviously, a joke. But they have, there's some truth in every joke. And the question is, how can the Lightning keep this going? I think as you watch them in this playoff run, it was hard. They were banged up. They were, in every sense of the word, 
limping to the finish line here in this series. And on one hand, them forcing six games against this Colorado Avalanche team, this kind of a juggernaut is wildly impressive. But Mike, they, they, they clearly didn't have enough in the tank. So the question is, do they have enough in the tank to rest, regroup. It's another short, short summer for them. Do they have enough in the tank to go on another run next year? Or is this maybe the beginning of the end? I don't think it's as much how much gas is in the tank as how much work needs to be done to the bodywork and the chassis of this team in terms of repairing it because the lightning were so beat up and uh, Kevin Weeks had a great interview with John Cooper after the game and Cooper just intimated how many of his players probably shouldn't have been playing and Braden Point should be out six months yet he's out on the ice again. You know, like these were the types of things coming out of Cooper's mouth and I can't help but think that the injuries just got to be too much for Tampa to really be able to compete with anything beyond their first line uh, against Colorado. So I don't think that the team's in much trouble next year and moving forward. Like they've got most of their core locked up for the next couple of years and I do think it could probably be a tad faster if you're going to compete with Colorado but again, where is the injury factor? If Sorelli's 100%, you're probably a little quicker too. Um, they really only have two big UFAs and that, that's pa- Andre Palat and Nick Paul. And Nick Paul was a rental. You don't know if they'll be able to keep him around. Palat made $5.3 million this year. He's due for a raise in the cat. You know, the lightning are right up against the salary cap. So, you know, are they going to have to move somebody out? You know, does, you know, does Kalorn's $4.45 million for one more year look like something you'd have to part with if you want to keep players i don't know what's going to happen in tampa but i think just even with that core that they have they're built for success and with some health yeah. and a little bit of luck along the way tyler i think they're going to be just fine in the mix next season again yeah uh, you mentioned their cap situation right now they're 1.9 over the cap but when seabrook goes on ltir they'll really have you know just under five million dollars to spend mm-hmm. okay you're probably not touching any piece of sort of your big four demon hedman mcdonough Sergachev and Chernak. Those guys are probably sticking around. Your bottom six is so cheap that you there's not like there's a clear cut like, okay, we got to dump that guy to get more money. Kalorn, I think, is the one guy. One more year on yeah. the deal. If you move him out, all of a sudden you're up to, you know, just north of $9 million. That's probably enough to bring back Paul and Palat and run it back with this same group right now. Julian Breesbaugh is one of the best GMs in the NHL, and uh, he's going to have to get a little creative if he wants to get rid of that Killorn contract without keeping anything or without having to give up too much of a future asset. But, I mean, they're still going to have Vasilevsky and Hedman and Kucherov and Stamkos and Point and Sorelli, and it's like this team could very easily go on another run next year. Yep, you nailed it. I mean, look at look at the minutes Kucherov was playing in the third period last night, double shifting on the ice every moment you could get. Uh, and that's a person who'd had to leave a game earlier in the series. So, um, you know, with those players that you just rattled off, Vasilevsky, Hedman, Stamkos, Kucherov, point. Like this team's built to contend. It's just a matter of if they can get their health and and what little adjustments Breezewa's got to make. Yeah, and uh, one thing we learned about them this year is that they their ability to flip the switch, you know, they finished third in their division and there was a lot of talk of like, you know, it's not that easy. You can't just go into Stanley Cup mode automatically. Well, the Lightning kind of showed us that, no, they can. They just flip that little switch on playoff time. They could come fourth in the division next year and I'm sure they would still be betting odds favorites to win round one because they just have that championship mentality. It is now the offseason, Mike McKenna, and let's kick off our offseason talk with a little uh, new edition of the Blue Paint. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> The blue paint, as always, is delivered by our friends over at DoorDash. And Mike, over the next couple of weeks here, we're going to be digging into uh, some goalies who could potentially be on the move this summer. There's some intriguing options on the free agent market. But tonight, I want to pick your brain on the three goalies who are on Frank Saravalli's trade targets list. And we're going to do a little goalie matchmaker game. Mike will play the role of Tinder in uh, assigning some goalies to some potential matches for next season. Let's start with the youngest goalie on the list, and that's Devils goalie Mackenzie Blackwood, who's in the rumor mill. What do you think of Blackwood and maybe some potential fits for him? Well, Blackwood's somebody at this point that probably could use a change of scenery. It hasn't been an easy going in New Jersey. There hasn't been a lot of light at the tunnel. And for whatever reason, it seems like that team has soured on him as their potential number one goaltender into the future. So uh, you're looking at a goalie that's an RFA after this year. He's going to make $2.8 million, which is a pretty palatable number for somebody you think could be a number one. And 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 I'm going to throw teams out here that I think would be interested and would be a fit. They're not necessarily who I think is the best fit or who I would want to match up. But I think for Blackwood, I look at Buffalo and I consider that a team that you know is on the rise I think they'll be knocking on the door of playoffs next year. I don't know if they'll make it, but they've got good assets and they need some stability in that. They ran through a lot of goalies this year. You could potentially get Blackwood at a pretty good deal. You wouldn't have to give up a whole lot, I would think, uh, and then be able to run him for however long if he gets his game to where you want it to be. So it'd be a good calculated risk for Buffalo. Um, I think Toronto could even be in the mix uh, when you're thinking of Blackwood if things go sideways with Campbell. And I think Jack Campbell negotiations there. I'd put it probably less than 50% that he's going to end up back in Toronto. I'm not sure where he goes. So maybe Blackwood fits, but I'm not quite sure he has the gravitas there. One place I'd keep an eye on as well is Edmonton. You know, Mike Smith's got a year left on his contract. And I think you're looking for a younger goaltender, a complimentary goaltender to Smith that can grow into the role, play a lot of games and hopefully take over that net. That's something of the trajectory that I see with Blackwood, because to me, he hasn't really grabbed a number one spot. Can he do it? He needs to prove it. And I really think in a place like Buffalo and Edmonton, those are the two that would be built for not just the team, but for Blackwood as well to try to take that next step. 
The only thing I would say about the Edmonton idea is I would say there's a less than 50% chance Mike Smith plays next season with what we're hearing and the possible LTIR. And if you're Edmonton, I think this even goes over to Toronto, but for the Oilers, Stuart Skinner's on an NHL deal. He can't, mm. he can't go on waivers anymore. If you're in a make or break year with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisel trying to win the Stanley Cup, are you going to roll with two goalies under the age of 25? That would leave me a little bit suspect, but I love the Buffalo pick. I think that'd be a tremendous spot for Blackwood to find his form and potentially grow into a number one. A great chance for the Sabres to take as well. Next up on our list, Mike, is John Gibson, who is at the top of Frank Saravalli's trade bait boards in terms of goaltenders. Uh, what do you think about Gibson and some potential landing spots there? Well, Gibson's going to be 29 years old when next season starts, and he's got a hefty price tag. It's $6.4 million, and it's got five years remaining on the deal. And Pat Verbeek is molding the Anaheim Ducks into his vision. And at that age and at that dollar figure, is Gibson the goalie of the future and the present for the Anaheim Ducks? And knowing that he could probably get what I would guess a decent return on the market. He's got a great reputation amongst GMs in the league. He always ranks highly in their voting. Um, sometimes I disagree with that. There's technical elements to his game I'd like to see updated, but he's a very naturally gifted goaltender. So if you, and he's been a number one, he has played a lot of games and a lot of minutes, and he has played playoff hockey, international hockey. I can't help but look at a team like Toronto. You know, and, and here's the thing with Toronto you got Mrazic's deal at 3.8 million bucks. You're going to have to get rid of that somehow. And, and I think if you're Anaheim, are you willing to eat some salary on Gibson? Maybe not half, but some. Like, would you do that? That could facilitate a move like this, uh, especially if you're a Toronto looking for a place for him to land. So I think it could happen there. Uh, again, I, I have question marks about that move, and I'm not sure where Campbell's going to go. Um, I think New Jersey is a place that could also work for Gibson. They have a lot of space in terms of cap room, so he's not going to bust them there. Uh, they could give up assets if necessary to bring him in, and stability would be a big thing for Gibson. They haven't had that in the crease with Blackwood. Nico Dawes isn't quite ready in New Jersey. So for me, I think Gibson might be a nice fit for a team that's looking to be on the rise with their draft picks and with some of the young players that they have. Uh, but I'll throw this one out. What about Vegas? You know, I, I'm not sure that things ended very well with Robin Leonard last year, and we haven't heard from him. I have no idea where it sits uh, in that locker room. They've got Brossois, Leonard, and Thompson all within the stable there. I'm not sure the direction it goes. So if the Ducks would eat a little bit of salary, you know, you, you've got Gibson five years left. Leonard's deal was five million bucks. Gibson six point four. Like I don't know. I'm just something to ponder because I could potentially see that being a a landing spot if there was a desire to take a big swing in Vegas. But I'd look more towards Jersey or Toronto first. Really interesting. You know, Toronto is going to be itching to stabilize that position if they do end up letting Jack Campbell walk in free agency, or I suppose I should say if they aren't able to bring back Jack Campbell for next season. The third name we want to dive into is the most veteran option of the bunch, and that's Semyon Varlamov out in New York, Mike. Well, I, I don't think that Varlamov is... I don't think he's likely to move. I guess I'll just say that because I think him and Ilya Sorokin are a really good tandem, and when you have solid goaltending in this league, and especially a team like the Islanders that expect to contend. Okay, Lou Lamarillo is not in the business of rebuilding right now. Uh, Lane Lamberg wants to make a uh, splash as a head coach in his first year. There's not much behind these two in that organization right now. Corey Schneider's there, was there last year. But I think at one year left at 5 million bucks from Varlamov at 34, 
She's probably going to be staying put. But if Lou Lamoureux decides that the return would be good enough to move him on the open market, I could see teams that are... I, I think he fits with contenders more than anybody here, Tyler. And I think Washington, you look to immediately. I think you also look to Edmonton. Um, and beyond those two contenders, I mean, you could even toss Chicago in the mix because they don't logistically have a goaltender right now. But I think for Varlamov, he was previously in Washington. He had success there. I'm not sure how happy that club is uh, running with Samsonov and Vanacek into next season. They were shopping Samsonov from what we'd heard last year at points too. So uh, I think he fits there. I think Edmonton, if you're looking for a one-year Band-Aid until Stuart Skinner is either ready or, like you said, if Mike Smith does go on LTIR and you have to get a proven veteran goaltender, maybe Varlamov fits there. But my money would be on him staying at Long Island, but stranger things have happened. Very interesting there. I mean, a potential reunion with Washington would be fascinating. And the thing with Varlama is, is that he does have some trade protection. And for a goalie specifically, mm-hmm. I think when you're one of those guys who has like a 10, 15, no trade list, if you actually want to stay in the spot you're at, you can probably just be strategic with your no trade list and find a way to put the right teams on there. So it's very hard for your current team to deal with you. I wouldn't be at all surprised if Varlama goes, no, I'm kind of happy in New York here with, with one more year on my deal. Yeah, for sure. And then, but part of that too, though, is at 34 years old and you only have one year left, you're looking for your next contract and you need to play. And Ilya Sorokin, he's going to play an awful lot. So that factors in. Sometimes you're more willing to accept a trade if you think you can prolong a career. Yeah. And you know, that's interesting. I remember back at the deadline, there were some whispers that, you know, Edmonton had asked and we're kind of told Varlamov wouldn't wave if Varlamov sits there and goes, you know, I want another deal after this. He probably gets 15 to 20 more games playing in Edmonton than he does with uh, New York and Sorokins. That's an excellent point by you, Mike. An excellent analysis, as always, in another edition of the Blue Paint delivered by our friends at DoorDash. Promo codes DFODD and DFODDUS get you 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order. Don't cook this week. Just order DoorDash every day like I do. Moving along and getting into our daily faceoff inbox question, hashtag AskDFO. It is early, Mike. We are about, you know, 11 and a half months until the next Stanley Cup will be handed out, but it's never too early to give some predictions. So today's question is, who's your pick for next year's Stanley Cup final? It's so early. I don't even know if I could pick this in January of next season, but... Man, I, the, the Avalanche were a steamroller this year, and they're not going to lose a lot. Like They've actually got more cap space than it looks like, and I think that they're going to be able to run back a lot of that club. They need a goaltender, uh, which it could, by all ostensible purposes, be Darcy Kemper again. So I, I'm going Avalanche back in the finals from the West, and, and I'm going to take the Hurricanes. I, I think that they're due to make a splash here. In free agency, I wonder if, you know, if you bring in a Philip Forsberg, does that change the offensive dynamics of that club to get them over the hump? I think they need game breaking talent. So uh, I'll go Avalanche Hurricanes, but it's kind of predicated on the offseason, especially for Carolina to see what they can do. Yeah, the offseason will change everything. But I look in the West and I just go, even with great off seasons, how can any of these teams find a way to compete with the abs who this summer, I'm sure one of Joe Sackick's goals will be to stabilize the situation between the pipes. So imagine this abs team next year with a good chunk of their core pieces back and potentially better goaltending. I just, I I can't see anyone knocking them off. I'm going to go abs on one side and I'll be lame with the other side and pick uh, a team that a lot of people believe could take a step forward next year. And the only logical step forward is the cup final. 
It's the New York Rangers. Shesterkin, Fox, you look at the building blocks of that team. Mm-hmm. They pushed Tampa Bay to six games this year. I think it's very realistic to, to imagine a scenario where the Rangers are in the cup final next year, Mike. I could for sure. I mean, Gerard Gallant always gets the best out of his clubs and they are. Rangers are on the upper trajectory here. So I'm fascinated to see where that team goes, because to me, it's the young talent, right? How how did the how does Lafreniere and Kako continue to go upward if they can keep that upper momentum heedle? That team could be dangerous again next year and even better than they were this season. But much like the Lightning, they do have some salary cap gymnastics to pull off as well, which is one of the fun things to discuss as we head into the offseason. Let's get into our daily bet segment, courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada. Um, You know, again, 11 and a half months away, but our friends at Points Bet, they absolutely have odds loaded up for who could win next year's Stanley Cup. And heading into the offseason, maybe there's some interesting spots. This should surprise no one that it's the Colorado Avalanche up there at the top, plus 450. The Lightning right behind them at plus 900. The Leafs are up there as well. But as we know, with the Leafs and sports betting, that's more a public money kind of thing. So many people wagering on that team to win the Stanley Cup every year with their size of a fan base that they usually do hang around in the top five just because of that. But the books really are saying the most likely you know, matchup next year is the Avs and the Lightning. You've got the Panthers and the Hurricanes rounding out the top five, 10 and 11 to one. As we work our way down here, Vegas is the next team in the West at plus 1200, which I think is really interesting considering they didn't make the playoffs last year. Rangers, Wild, Blues round out and Flames, sorry, round out the rest of the top 10. I love this spot for the Rangers. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I said it then. The Rangers at that point were like 22 or 23 to one. They ranked below teams like Edmonton and Boston. And they were so close to the big dance last year that I just go, you know, if the Rangers, again, take that natural step forward, getting them right now at 16 to one feels like it could be a decent spot. Edmonton in a similar position to the Rangers, 19 to one to win the Stanley Cup. Again, they were four wins away from getting to the big dance this season with them, though. I'm not touching it. I don't think that number is going to get a lot better throughout the offseason. I need to see Ken Holland go out and stabilize the goaltending. Need to see what the blue line looks like. Need to see if they can bring back Evander Kane. If Holland checks all those boxes and the Oilers are still at 19 to one. Maybe they're worth a sprinkle there, but the Rangers of all the teams that missed out this year are absolutely my favorite spot at 16 to one, which ties into why Mike, I predicted them to make the Stanley cup final next season. And that's going to do it for our daily bet segment over at points by Canada. Got some fun draft props that I'm going to dig into throughout the rest of the week as well. Uh, but for now I'll cede the floor to you, Mike garbage time. What do you got? Well, I don't when the Stanley Cup gets dented, how can it not be that? That's garbage. How did you dent the cup, boys? Uh, But here's the thing. The cup's actually been dented quite a few more times than people realize. This is Nicholas Obey-Kubel, my old teammate from uh, the Flyers organization, taking a tumble. And, you know, usually you learn how to stop with two feet by the time you're maybe, a I don't know, pee, squirt, mite. But he has a little trouble, comes in, dents the cup and. This, this party continues, Tyler. But you know what, man? I've always heard stories about some of the legendary parties that the Dallas Stars had with the puck with the cup when they won their uh, championship. It ended up at the bottom of a pool, and all kinds of crazy things happened. So, I would say that this little dent is a minor detail. And according to our own Frank Cervalli in a tweet he had earlier, the base of the cup apparently gets replaced every year. I didn't know that. So. I, I suppose we're going to see the cup be restored to its shining glory ASAP. Uh, but for the next little while here, it's going to be wearing a dent courtesy of Mr. Obey Kubel fi- piling into the pile at the end for the pictures. 
The dent's not bad, Mike. I'm from Edmonton. I grew up around with the folk stories of what the 80s Oilers used to do with the Stanley Cup. The dent is nothing. I can assure you of that. <laughs> uh, but it uh, it was a great night last night. Seeing the Avs players get as emotional as they did. Players like Eric Johnson, Andrew Cogliano. It was fantastic stuff. A fitting end to a tremendous postseason for hockey fans. Tomorrow, for us, Mike, it's off-season time. We're talking rumors. We're talking player movement. We're talking coaches' hirings. And that is... Arguably for a hockey talk show, just as much fun as breaking down Stanley Cup final games. We'll be back noon Eastern tomorrow. Shout out to Mike, our technical producer, Alex Lard, and Frank Saravalli, who will be back in the big chair 24 hours from now. Enjoy your day. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? 
For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.